running, commit, liftoff. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. So glad you have tuned in today. Um, it is Tuesday, September 12th, and uh, Doug and I will be working again as we have been for the last couple of weeks through the book of Haggai. If you are new to Haggai, like many of us were, um, boy, it's it's a treasure trove of godly wisdom. <clears throat> you know, so often Doug and I have chatted and David Nye, and I know Brian Andrews and Craig Henderson, who have been uh, been sitting in for Doug over the last few weeks, we've been discussing the fact that, you know, at some point or another, you may have been through the book of Haggai. In other words, hey, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year, and you just kind of move your way through a particular uh, book of the Bible. Uh, many of us probably can testify that we've done that. And again, that's a great discipline. I always want to encourage um, those that I meet with personally to build a consistent discipline of opening up the Word of God and reading it. But there's a whole nother level when you start to study it. So you, there, there's reading and there's studying it, and then there's applying it. And you know, so oftentimes we've spoken about it here at least over the last couple of years that there's been some major push, I guess, or some somewhat of a push toward unhitching from the Old Testament. And uh, what a what a mistake that would be. Uh, the importance of uh, digging into a book like Haggai and seeing what the, what the Spirit can teach us through that text. It is major powerful. And I uh, hope as you have been uh, tuning in over the last few weeks that you've uh, you've been blessed as as uh, you know David and I and and Doug and Brian and Craig and others have kind of dug into this text and just begin to let the Spirit teach you as, you as you work through it. You know, again, as I said, so oftentimes we can look at the Old Testament and think, well, it doesn't really apply to me. Yet it was Jesus who said, it is they, he's speaking of the Old Testament, that, that speak of me. In other words, you can't really, uh, you know, the Old Testament is really uh, the, the, what, what points us to the New Testament, what points us to the gospel, kind of an anticipation of Messiah. And so as we look at Haggai once again today, I hope you will be encouraged as we uh, begin to unpack these last uh, few verses of Haggai chapter 2. And uh, anyway, hey, Douglas, how you doing, brother? I, I'm good. Uh, were you panicking a little bit? <laughs> Go on. Uh, well, it's interesting. You know, I, I got to the studio a little early, earlier than normal, and then Jeremy shows up making sure we've got our headsets all all up. And I didn't even, I didn't bother because usually he comes in at, you know, you know 2.58. And uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you were earlier than that. And I just didn't, it didn't register that it was already 3 o'clock. We're ready to go live. And I, I can hear you out in the hall talking to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, do I need to hire you? I mean, uh, I, I, we've got an opening at the Guardian Group. If you want to come in as a real estate guy, oh my God, <laughs> I, I am just—I'm talking about 15 different people, uh, just trying to 
to be uh, a good Samaritan out there in a lot of different ways. Good, and good. so, but you know, uh, again, I, I trusted you. I saw you in here and saw it. He's got it. Man. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it took Jeremy basically. I, 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 he probably should have tapped on the glass. <laughs> Well, but I, I threw the headsets on. Sorry, I was a little, uh, well, little tardy in getting there. Well, but. it's you know, this morning I, I was working out and um, I, I saw something again. I, I don't want to go on a rant about this, but folks, a rant on? Come uh, on. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, you know, seriously, uh, uh, the there's a couple of issues that really have uh, reared their ugly head, um, you know, and. Uh, uh, one of them is I was watching this morning. I was I was working out. I was on a workout machine, and I was looking over, and they play these morning talk shows like Drew Barrymore, or you know, uh, the you know I don't know Regis and Philbin, but they're not Regis. I mean Regis anymore. It's uh, Regis and Kathleen. It's right. Um, but I was watching, and they pan the audience, and the whole audience is in mask. Oh, and I'm on. like, this is not a replay from two years ago. This is current. And, um, you know, I, I saw it and I thought, really? All these people, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit in that audience. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, uh, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me, right? Yeah, that's right. Like, like people, no, no, no. No, no. The mask do not prevent coronavirus. It doesn't. We had Byron Bridal, an epidemiologist on here. In fact, I probably want to replay his yeah. thing because he was on here. He had five masks on that still allowed spores to go through. So the mask do not prevent coronavirus. If you want to wear a mask because you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But don't wear it thinking it's going to stop COVID or that stuff. I mean, that that is, it's it's not scientific at all. Science has proven. Now, I think Harvard or some other mm -hmm. institutions have come out and said that. Yeah. Uh, so, just, uh, it's so crazy. And notice where it is. These places are taking, these are taking place in New York. This is where it's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you wonder why yeah. people are leaving New York, coming to Florida, yeah. and coming south? <clears throat> because they don't want to be under that. It's ridiculous. Right. And, you know, flying, uh, Lori and I flew out to uh, Shreveport in Missouri, and only a couple people had masks on. But these people in masks are living in fear. They're fearful. You know, the, the masks do not prevent coronavirus. Um, and so I, I just saw that and I was just like, oh my gosh, they're going to try to make everybody do it again. They're already oh, talking no about question. it and we yep. have to stand. If you're out there, you see it, educate people, yeah. tell them the mask do not prevent coronavirus. If you're wearing it for another reason, that's fine. But if, if you're wearing it to prevent coronavirus, it, it, it actually does you more harm than good is what they said. Right, right. So, hey, by the way, just real quick, want to mention um, that we there was a um, a garage collapse over at St. Vincent's Hospital just uh, just a short time ago. Uh, it says a parking garage at Ascension St. Vincent's Riverside on King Street partially collapsed Tuesday afternoon, damaging multiple cars and leaving others uh, precariously uh, tilted on the edge 
of the collapse. Uh, at this point, uh, this is all I'm going to say about it, and I'm, I'm looking at pictures of it. Uh, no injuries, uh, at least that they've been able to, to, to find. So anyway, just wanted to mention that if you have a loved one over at St. Vincent's, uh, there doesn't appear to be any injuries. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you know, when CNN Health is telling you that it's more likely that they don't work for the mask, you you need to. That I mean, when CNN is admitting it doesn't work, that's probably a a, a sign. Okay, they've caved in. So you know, they 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 do it. Um, I I just. I, I just saw all these people in the audience and I thought, wow, they're going back into the sheep again, the sheep that are just follow anywhere. <laughs> you remember I, I mentioned one time there was a that lady on the plane that was trying to tell somebody somebody something bad was a person bad. It was in the back and she might have been out of her mind, but everybody blew her off. You know, no, nobody. Uh, uh, and, and so that being said, why did I bring that up? Well, because uh, in the New York Times, since it was 9-11, they published this story about this guy um, named Rick. And um, hold on, I'm going to read this story to you, Brad. If you haven't heard it, it was pretty amazing. So Rick was a, a guy, Rick Rescoria. He, uh, he disobeyed orders and saved 2,700 lives. And you go, how? Well, he was the head of security for Morgan Stanley in the South Tower. He warned that the tower's basements were vulnerable to attack. And guess what? Nobody listened to him. And what happened in 1993? They tried to blow it up, right? After that, he would impl- he implemented regular evacuation drills. Regular evacuation drills. He would use a megaphone and get thousands of employees out of their offices, down the stairwells, and out the building. And and he would sing on this megaphone while they were doing it, and he would tell all the employees, listen, in an emergency, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what anybody's telling you, leave your office, get out of here, go down the stairs, and get to safety. Well, he told his wife, Susan, that uh, there was going to be another attack on the World Trade Center. And sure enough, it happened September 11, 2001. When the first plane hit the tower, the port authority said over the tower's uh, speaker system to every office, do not leave the building. This area is secure. But Rick ignored them. He goes, they said not to evacuate. That's dumb. He said... I'm getting my people out of here. And so he picked up his megaphone, as he'd done so many times, and got everybody down the stairs. And once he had successfully got all his employees, he went back to look for survivors. He called his wife, and she's crying because all this stuff is going on. And he said, listen, if something happens to me, I want you to know I've never been happier. You made my life. He went back into the South Tower, and nobody saw him after that. And all but six of all the 2,700 Morgan Stanley employees survived. But had they obeyed the port authority, they would all be dead. Okay. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, I did. I wasn't, was sure, what that, I wasn't yeah. sure what that was. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but isn't that crazy? 
that that the port authority said stay in your office he he said no that's not the way and sometimes people aren't telling you the right thing that's right you know and so you you need to you need to be looking at the signs around you and the things going on and when i saw those people in that mask in that audience i thought man really are you going to go back to this place fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me i'm not going to be fooled the second time bradley uh, <clears throat> i know you probably get a lot of the the memes <laughs> that come across your desk uh there's so many funny ones one is i can't believe it's lockdown season already <laughs> i still have my climate change decorations up <laughs> oh my gosh right. here's a great image of a couple walking their dogs they're both in masks and it says i love seeing dogs herd sheep <laughs> it's just oh, so bad i mean like it, and you know people are you go to some parts of the world in the u.s some parts of the u.s people live in utter fear complete fear i know you're a babylon b guy too uh, of course we didn't mention this yesterday but uh you were talking about golf uh the tennis star the female tennis star who won the u.s open but jokovic jokovic says this is babylon b jokovic says victory a shot in the arm heart is exploding with gratitude <laughs> oh my gosh of course if you know any history about Djokovic, he he chose not to get the vaccine and uh, as a result of that decision was not allowed to come into the u.s here he is the number one tennis player in the world so crazy and they 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 banned him from playing in the u.s and i i, I don't i'm not necessarily a Djokovic fan <clears throat> so i don't know enough about tennis but i was glad to see him win yeah I, I well i'm sorry didn't mean to go on the ramp yeah. Bradley. Thanks no, that's all right for, thanks all right. for handling it hey listen glad you tuned in today if you want to call 844-777-7928 you can email us your questions or comments to ask at swatradio.com stay tuned we'll be right back swat If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. Potavidra listens at 91.9. There is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good news for... There is good news for the doubter, the 
Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in today. We always love your calls, love your emails, love your text. Email us eight four at email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Call us at eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Doug, I meant to mention. I know we need to get into our study of Haggai, but uh, if you've watched the briefing or listened to the briefing yesterday, um, I try to listen to Doctor Moeller every day. Um, certainly sheds a lot of good gospel light into the issues that we're facing as a country but california it's titled california's assault on the family radical new gender bill is an assault on parental rights it is uh says it might not sound so serious when it's simply presented as the general assembly passing ab or assembly bill 957 this is basically um in fact it it's already going to the governor's desk he's already said he's going to sign it but basically you know as a parent in california if you don't affirm your child's delusion of gender uh, they can take your parental rights from you Uh, uh, yeah isn't that crazy and that's coming to a city near you well yeah and you know the the whole breakdown uh, has happened in our culture because who who is the moral compass for a nation it's it's the the worshipers of god the one true living god and you know we live in a world that basically has denied god's design they've denied male and femaleness and you know uh, it, it used to be like 30 40 years ago maybe 50 years ago uh, people were arguing over whether men sh- i mean uh, that women should be pastors or not mm. but now what that has led to because the church has defaulted on what god's design is and our roles should be that now we're not only denying the god-given roles he gave us in the church but even biologically <laughs> we're denying that um you know you can cut off your 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 private parts you mm-hmm. can cut them take uh different kinds of um hormones you can grow a beard on a female cheek and think that you're a man because you take something that makes hair grow in and in, on a body that wasn't intended to grow hair there but uh so the root of all that uh is god made us and designed us in such a way that we are to relate in such a way uh, that he designed but just like he told eve you can eat and adam and eve i mean you can eat of all these trees but don't eat of this one for the day you do you will die and satan comes along and says do you really want to be like god you want to be you you want to be like <coughs> him he doesn't right. love you if he loved you he'd let you eat from that tree <laughs> uh if he loved you you could do what you want to do well that doesn't work in any society to give how many people are in america 400 million yeah can you imagine 400 million people everybody doing what they individually want with no standards at all no standards of conduct no standards of morality and if and if we have none of those listen people argue all the time well you know i'm about freedom free to be whoever you are that's not true because the lgbtq alphabet mafia people don't want you and i to be free to exercise our faith values yeah 
they they want us to have to exercise their values you know and so the the whole thing is who determines the morals who did who who determines the baseline for what's acceptable what's not it's not the u.s government it, it's not uh even your your state or local government god determines and he says this is right now those governments can choose to operate within that design or outside of it. It does not work well when they go against God's design. No. I'm just going to tell no, you, it, does it doesn't. Not, does, <clears throat> doesn't matter how powerful you think you are. Rome is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Rome was the most powerful nation in the whole world, just like we are. But guess what's happening? We're eroding right now, yeah. right before our eyes, right? Yeah. Because our values have gone away from God-ordained values to self dictated values yep. so there's another ramp bro. yeah no <laughs> so. the way of the transgressor is hard yeah listen when we get out from under god's rule god's authority god's word uh, it's not gonna go well it just isn't it never has it never will and uh you know every day we open up the you know the the, the media and it's pumping out garbage. Mm-hmm. It's just complete garbage. Well, yeah. And the, and the whole, you know, we're in the book of Haggai, and the whole message of Haggai is priorities. God sent him in to rebuild the temple. For us, we don't have a physical temple building that we go to. We are the temple. And so for us, we should be about prioritizing building our temple are we good stewards? Are we trustworthy? Uh, are we are we are we following God's design in our life and His call on our life? And that's what the whole message of Haggai is about. And that's why when we look at Haggai, some people might go, "Well, why why are you looking at this book that's in the Old Testament?" It's because the Apostle Paul said these things were written for your instruction, so that you might have hope. So we go back and we look at what God said to his people, and what did he say? He told them to repent. They repented, and and it says, I'm with you. This is what he tells them, I'm with you. And, and that's encouraging. And today we're in the last part. We're finishing up this week with Haggai 2, 10 through 23. And yesterday we looked at really verses down through about 14, and we talked about how God's magnificent plan unfolds and the destiny for his people continues to unfold. And what God does is he's having a bedroom talk, we called it, with his people after he'd already reminded them of the the things that he's brought in their life to get their attention. And he doesn't want them to make the same mistake again. And we talked about yesterday the importance of God's word We talked about Psalm 1, blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or sit in the seat of scoffers or or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. And there's a progression there, Brad. Mm -hmm. You know, he he goes from from walking to standing to sitting, and that's what happens. You you get sucked into the vortex of, of wicked thought. And wicked thought may not necessarily be just grossly, uh, obviously immoral. It could just be you doing what you want instead of what God wants. And and so 
going your own way is evil in God's sight. If you remember King Saul, for example, if you took David and Saul and put their actions that disobey God next to each other, I don't think there's a person in our culture uh, that would call themselves a believer that would look at those two and go, well, David did far worse than Saul, right? He murdered a guy. Mm-hmm. He committed <clears throat> adultery with his right. one of his best friend's wives right. and murdered, her, murdered him to cover it up. But Saul, all Saul did was he didn't kill everybody that God told him to kill. Well, that just seems like not near on the same plane, and yet God rejected Saul, and he embraced David. Why? Well, because Saul had a prideful heart. A lot of people skip over in 2 Samuel 15 where it says Saul built a monument to himself. Yeah. There's a lot of monument building going on in our world. Paneled houses. Yes. (laughs) And God says, listen, you build my house. And so we talked about that yesterday, and he gave this illustration in the first few verses of Haggai 2, um, uh, verses, I think, like uh, 12 and 13. If a priest takes something that's holy and it touches something, does it make it holy? No. But if a priest has something unclean and touches something, does it make it unclean? Yes. And I use the illustration of a cold or, you know, being healthy because I think that helps us understand it a little better. If I'm healthy and I'm around you and you're sick, I don't make you healthy. But if I'm sick and I'm around you and you're healthy, I can certainly make you sick. And what God is saying is everything that you've done for me when you stopped building my temple, became unholy. All your sacrifices, all your worship, and it's because when you have an area of known disobedience that you refuse to bend on, and you go to church, you give your money, you read your Bible, you meet in your small group, or whatever you do, all that's tainted. Yes, he forgives you because of Jesus, but there's still discipline that he is going to bring into your life those things that you're doing are wood hay and stubble they are not gold and silver that you're building up for the kingdom because you have this area of known disobedience and that's why first john 1 9 says if we confess our sins he'll forgive them and it's this idea of an ongoing confession that should be taking place and that's why we need accountability in our lives, right? We that's need people right. in our life who yep. will speak truth to us, who will remind us, one, that just like uh, you, I'm sinful, and just like me, you're sinful. And so when you do something that really bothers me, um, I need to take into consideration, maybe Brad's having a hard day. I don't do that normally. <laughs> what I normally do is, why is he being such a jerk? Right, right. Why don't you do that? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah out in traffic or yeah. whatever? Our first thought is, Oh, they must be having a tough day. Yeah. We don't think that way, do we? <laughs> That's, uh, <clears throat> I was thinking, yeah, traffic. You bring traffic into the conversation. That's a different mo- <laughs> motive. Uh, yeah. My wife used to always say, uh, you know, if somebody cut us off, <laughs> she she would always say, hey, before we cast judgment, maybe there's something going on in their life. Yeah. Maybe they cut you off because they're trying to get to the hospital. You know, who knows? Uh, we don't do that well. Uh, we we don't grant grace to people. Well, you know the well. story of the guy on the airplane whose kids were all over everybody, and the guy I, I forgot who shared this. I don't know if it was Max Locato or somebody else, but 
the kids were just acting up all over the place and the guy seemed totally uh just out of it like he was not even aware they were climbing over the seats bothering the people in front and finally the guy in front turned around and said could you get control of your kids and he just said it got him in order and said to the guy i'm really sorry my wife just passed away last week and we're just kind of out of sorts wow Mm. and i mean talk about just and it doesn't excuse kids doing that i'm just saying yeah. It's it's behavior. Yeah. It's things that are yeah. going on in somebody's life. Good point. Glad you tuned in. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. 844-777-7928. Give us a shout, and uh, we'll be back on the flip side. They say sometimes you win some. Sometimes you lose. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon, September 12th. And uh, we are back in Haggai Chapter 2, Doug, as, as uh, before you came in the studio, I was just saying that, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm so thankful that you actually taught through this because, uh, like many who may be listening to us and many of the SWAT brothers who came to the uh, summer training day, that we may have been through Haggai as, as a, a you know, your 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 walk through the Bible in a year. I'm going to check that off. I've done it. <laughs> yeah. But it's a whole different deal reading versus studying, mm-hmm. and it's a whole nother deal when it's studying versus application. We can't app, we can't apply something we don't know. So the importance of studying it so that we do know, so that we can be obedient. Because as we've been talking about, you, you can't unhitch from the Old Testament. Yes. There's just too much in there that is uh, fruitful for you for me well um we we are going through verses 10 through 23 this week and today we're going to focus primarily on verses 15 through 19 but i'd like uh, uh, you to read verses 10 through 19 if you could and then just real briefly uh we talked about the two question test of the clean unclean but just talk a little bit again about where we were yesterday about all these people that have been blessed with so much and yet their lives are ruined because there's no spiritual or moral underpinnings. Uh, there's no Jesus in their life. There's no accountability in their life. And, and God is wanting his people to learn from their mistakes. And, and Brad, what do you call... It when somebody continues to make the same mistake over and over and expect a different outcome. I think they saw the insanity. It's insanity. It is. <laughs> it is. But but we all do it, right? Yeah, yeah we do. You know, it's, 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 we, we do. But uh, read verses ten through nineteen, and again, this is Haggai. His his. This will be really his uh, second. And uh, third messages right here we're dealing with. There's four messages in the book of Haggai. The first one is all of chapter one. It's on our priorities. 
and and rebuilding God's temple. The second is the first part that uh, was covered last week. It's on our perspective and and dealing with detractors in our life, malcontent people who really want to come in and 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 really degrade you or degrade what you're you know and let's face it the world mocks us as believers yep it does it has mm-hmm. no use for us as believers and that's why you probably need to be careful if you're getting a lot of applause from worldly people uh it doesn't mean you shouldn't uh, have respect from them but if they they applaud you and hold you up are you really taking a bold stand for christ because he's pretty repulsive to the world and then yep. this third session we're looking at today is uh, and and tomorrow is his magnificent plan this this destiny that he has us for his promise and his plan for us and and that's the hope that we have so Amen. verses 10 through 19 read it and we'll go through <clears throat> yeah on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet thus says the Lord of hosts ask the priest about the law If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priests answered and said no. Hmm. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priests answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So it is with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands. And what they offer there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn indeed the vine the fig tree the pomegranate and the olive tree have yielded nothing but from this day on i will bless you Mm -hmm. that's awesome isn't it may god bless the reading of his word this is his word and you know we we talked about yesterday in the the first few verses 10 through 14 about him telling them listen if your heart is alien to God, everything that you do is unclean. I mean, if your heart is yeah. is separated from him, um, not eternally as his child, right, for us today, like if mm-hmm. he's ours. But so we talked about when they quit building, everything else became unclean. That's the lesson he wants them to learn. And, you know, you can, you can be the best in the world, um, in a worldly sense of whatever gifts you have, whatever business you run, but if your heart is alien to God, uh, your your compass is off, and it, and you're gonna reap the benefits. And we talked about Bernie Madoff, we talked about Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, Michael Jan- Jackson, Lance Armstrong, all these pi- people. 
Um, Tommy Nelson, our friend, says, if your heart's alien to God, you're a dead man walking. Mm. Um, and so we, we, we looked at that yesterday. And when we see verse 15, notice what he says. He says, now then consider from this day onward. Now, in the Hebrew, that actually means from this day backward, like looking back. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is, let's turn around and consider where you've come from. Consider that the disaster God brought you through um, so you won't do it again. You know, Brad, in our lives, we've been around long enough where we can look back and we looked at some of the disasters that we've made in our life. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to make them again, do we? No, no. I mean, you must have been there when I was teaching this morning. <laughs> I, I was saying that to the guys, as I think many people know, we're also doing another study together going through First uh, Kings. And can you imagine the conversation that King David had with his son Solomon as he's transitioning, as he's uh, you know, anointing Solomon in this conversation he has with his son Solomon. Uh, listen, David made some mistakes. You know, what what is it you would share with your sons if you knew you were going to pass from this life to the next? Mm-hmm. What kind of advice would you give them? And you know, to this point, here here it is: God giving them counsel. Mm-hmm. Look back, and and you and I, like you said, we, we've been around long enough. We're able to look back and say, man, I would not do that. Mm-hmm. If I had to do it again, I would not do that. And let me just advise you. Let me give you counsel. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah, well, you know, I know you share with your kids and I share with my kids that the most important thing for me is that my kids walk with the Lord. That's that right. They, that they, they, they stay That's right. uh, uh, close to the Lord. They, they let the word be you know a part of their life on a daily basis and you know because if you look around the world in which we live i can honestly say if i look back over my life uh there's a direct correlation to the word being inputted into my life and the way i respond to the world around me right Mm -hmm. i mean you can see it like when i'm in the word I, i don't feel nearly as fearful I don't feel nearly as panicked about whatever's going, even when it's bad. Mm -hmm. There's just Mm -hmm. a comfort of knowing the sovereignty of God. That's probably the biggest comfort from his word is you see his hand all the way through scripture saying, I'm in control. And here it is too. And so what he's saying to them in verse 15 is look back, think about where you've come from and, and, and don't do it again. Like, like think about in your life, and think about all the guys you counsel or the people you meet with. How many guys do you talk to who are are doing well today with the Lord? They're walking with the Lord today because 15 or 20 years ago, they blew it so bad. And they saw God redeem whatever they blew. And, and now they've learned that lesson. And... They don't want to go back to a place where they put God on the back burner. They don't want to go back to that place <laughs> yeah. at all. No, that's right. You know, and, and well, that's true of all, that's true of us as well. As you look back, I mean, it's one of the things you and I have had this conversation before. That as we look in the rearview mirror of our life, kind of what what uh, Haggai fifteen is talking about here. Mm-hmm. That as we consider, uh, as we consider our ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we see those areas and those seasons of our life where we have gotten outside. We've come out from under 
God's authority. Yeah. And there's nothing good that's going to happen there. Yeah. And it's not because when we're under his authority, wow, God's just going to rain down his blessings of material possessions. The reality is we're going to experience his peace and rest in that. In that. No matter what the circumstances are. But there is, he, he is saying to them, before you repented, what was your life like? Yeah. How did you fare? Listen, yeah. there, there, you know, you wanted 20 20 things but you only got 10 there's yeah. no grain or no wine yeah you know so yeah. we'll talk about that yeah. when we come exactly back. hey give us a call 844-777-7928 email us at ask at swatradio.com if you have any questions or comments love to hear from you swat radio This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, serving Kings Bay at 91.3. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on uh, this Tuesday afternoon. 
Call us at 844-777-7928. You can probably uh, chime in on what we're talking about, how you know we, we so oftentimes uh, just kind of put our head down and uh, move on, and we don't take account. We don't look back in our life and see those areas where we, maybe it's a season, maybe it's a one decision that you made in your life where you chose to to step out of God's authority, his rule, his precepts, and disaster came. Sometimes it's one decision. Sometimes it's a it's it's a number of decisions well, yeah, that but, are but, made. But, but, right? but God is getting attention through those things, right? That's those, right. Those are attention getters. And what he's saying in verse 16 is, how did you fare? Listen, <laughs> you came looking for 20 measures of wheat, but there were only 10. You, you came looking for 50, um, uh, what was it, 50, uh, 50 measures of wine, a wine vat. Right. But there were only 20. And he's saying, so what does it take to have grain and wine? Well, it takes wheat and grapes, right? What does it take to have wheat and grapes? It takes rain. Who brings the rain? Israel was landlocked. I mean, they, I mean, they, for fresh water right right they, they were right. they were they they were completely dependent on god for water and god used rain to get the attention of his people often right there was famine that he would send he said that often in the old testament he would use famine as an attention getter so the obedience of the people influenced the rain supply because god wanted his people to trust him mm-hmm. and and so uh, verse 17 says, I struck you in the work of your hands. I was against you. That is not a place you want to be, right? Right. I discipline you, yet you did not turn to me. Basically, what he's saying is my children aren't going to live their life in disregard with me. God will go to great lengths to get his children's attention. And uh, why has your life been so painful? He reminds them um, Remember what he said? How, how's that working out for you? This this is what God's saying to Israel. Consider from this day onward, verse 18, he says it again. Let's look backward. So he bookends it there. And verse 19, he asks the question, hey, have you seen any fruit from your repentance yet? Is the seed yet in the barn? Is how he says it. He says, indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree, They've yielded nothing, he says, but from this day on, I will bless you. Why? Because God wants us to be people of faith. And, you know, Brad, you and I, I use this illustration at the retreat. Some guys got it. Some guys didn't. Lori gives me grief because I like it because I think it's a good illustration. I, it's not original to me. Nothing is, right? We all get it from different people. But ministering to guys a lot of times is like a guy will call you and just for our listeners who are in virginia or mississippi stark is a little rural town what about 45 minutes west maybe an hour west of here right and it's just this rural little town all right jacksonville is the big city here and so it's like a guy over in stark saying hey doug I, i got a problem what's your problem i don't want to be here well where's here i'm in stark well uh where do you want to be i want to be in jacksonville okay well how did you get to stark well i took 301 301 is a north south road uh 
and it'll only take you to start. It will not bring you to Jacksonville. And so if you want to come to Jacksonville, you got to take I-10, the major thoroughfare east-west that goes to Jacksonville. But I don't like I-10. It's too much traffic. I don't like it. And I don't want to be. I like the ride on 301. It's a nice, pretty drive. But I don't like Stark. <laughs> and you go, well, if you want to be in Jacksonville, you got to take I-10. Well, I want to be in Jacks, but I don't like I-10. When you take a certain road, you're going to have to accept where that road brings you. And that's what so many of us do. We want to be told how we can go the way we want to go, but we want to get to where we want to be, not where that road takes us. We're conditioned that way, really. Yeah, we are. In, in the movies we see, in the culture around us, the music we listen to, it all rejects authority. We don't like being told we're not in charge. Our heroes in our movies today, think about the heroes today versus the heroes of 40 years ago, Brad. Um, the heroes today are people that go, they, they mock authority, they rebel against authority, right? And you look at our world and we wonder why there's so much crime, so much violence. And, and you know, it goes back to the garden. The day you eat of that fruit, you're going to die. So we have to go back to Yahweh, to the infinite personal God. And, and you know, you look at all the protests that happened back in uh, 2020, 2021. There was nobody protesting Satan or sin. <laughs> Nobody's... Uh, <clears throat> You know, nobody's out there protesting the immorality of our culture. Everybody wants to go to Jacksonville, but nobody wants to get off of 301. They want to stay on the road they're on. And that's the problem with sin in our world. You know, does that make sense? Oh, completely. Uh, we, we want what we want. Yeah, and you're right. Interesting uh, analogy, not just in the Stark to Jacksonville, but, uh, you know, so often even our motives of what we want are not in honoring god mm -hmm. you know i want to i want to go to jacksonville for me uh when in reality um have, are we considering what god would have yeah, for if he us? wants me to be in stark i want to be in Stark. and right? like I said, i'm kind of going back to the beginning the priority what is our priority mm. And you know, Doug, I'm I'm sure there's a dozen guys who could get on, get behind these mics and speak to how this this study of Haggai impacted. You know, it's like we don't really necessarily, as we teach, want to force um, the application. I believe that's the Spirit of God that does that in us. Mm. But so oftentimes, and that's why I appreciate you bringing it out early on, or really the Scriptures bring it out that our priority has got to be on building the temple that's right and if uh if if getting on you know getting to jacksonville isn't going to build help build your temple you don't want to go there maybe god wants you in stark yeah and and building the temple for me and you is spending time with the father spending time in his word allowing that word to uh, drive you uh more christ-like in your life more in relationship with the father because the more in relationship with yahweh you are the more you're gonna want to love people around you the more in relationship to god the father you are the more you're going to want to obey his commands 
you know, you you and I both have. Well, well you, I don't you don't anymore, but uh, we've had teenagers. When a teenager says "I love you," but they disobey you, what does that communicate? They don't trust you, right? Yep. And if they really loved you, they would trust you because they know you love them. So when God wants us to do something, and we say, mm, "You know what? I know better than this." I, I told you, I'm convinced. That's why God gives us teenagers to show <laughs> us what we're like as we deal with Him, and because we think we know better than God. Well, God doesn't want me to be like this. He doesn't want me to be unhappy. He doesn't want me to to have to go through this. Well, look at the disciples. Look at the apostles. Look at his servants throughout history. Uh, why are you surprised that you suffer? And suffering isn't the same for everybody. It, it looks right. different. Some <clears throat> people are called to suffer in different ways. Some people, look at Joni Erickson Tata. Her whole life she has lived as a quadriplegic and yet she has praised and glorified god her entire life out there to a multitude of people been a great witness but her suffering has been different than maybe a missionary over in china mm. you know that for joni erickson tata it was a life without limbs it was a life without feet and and hands and and yet she still praised God, still glorified God, and was a great witness of his glory. And so if you are his, if you are living for him, and if you want to follow him, whether you're in Stark or whether you're in Jacksonville, you need to know that life will include suffering. It always does. You can avoid it if you don't want to walk with him, but if you walk with him, I promise the closer you walk to him, the more suffering is going to be a part of your life. Amen. And, it, you know, we see that in our friends, John Monger and Dawa and those guys. They deal with it every day over in, you know, uh, India or John Monger, even here in the States, dealing with people. So, um, yeah. So. Well, I think that, <clears throat> you know, interesting you were you bring up Dawa. Uh, our, our listeners may not know who Dawa is or John Monger is, but both of them from India, and uh, both of them have been persecuted for their faith. Mm -hmm. But as we've talked about before, you know the the gospel, kind of go going even back to the study we did over the summer, the 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 discipleship gospel is that we have this view that if we give our lives to Christ, everything's going to go well. They don't view things that way. They know that when they surrender to Christ, they are literally Galatians 2.20. Yes. I've been crucified with Christ. Yep. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. As Americans, yeah, we don't like that verse. No. You know, no. I want what I want, and I'm going to ask Jesus to give it to me. And no suffering. Right? No suffering. Hey, no. SWAT <laughs> starts back tomorrow out at Jack's Beach. I mean, at uh, Solano Road in Ponte Vedra, 6.